0: Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard the Gilded Lily. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down here at our desks, pick up a quill, and pretend to be someone we're not, using these uh, funny-shaped rocks with numbers on them. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy. Second by second, line by line. This one here is about a few college roommates who abandon higher education and accidentally become pirates. Well, hopefully the good kind. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and problematic content that often comes with these dungeons and dragons as you pull them out of the box. In short, this just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our funny little characters. What adventures will our rascals get into this week? Well, let's roll some dice and find out together. This is Valpah Melor, following up on Joanna's last log, Day 16. We've
1: encountered the shipwreck of the Valiant. There are survivors, and I've been informed by Kothak to let you know that it was wrecked in combat, likely, and a potential Leviathan attack. Begin researching
0: the Abyss Mall in your archives, brother. It may help us in the future. Forward anything you know and keep the soft Lucidian's radar for now. Log complete. Stay safe.
1: Okay, here. Hold your breath for a moment. When all of the water around you suddenly vanishes, you're going to probably vomit up some seawater. And she takes her hands and pulls them apart with all of her fingers touching, almost like she's knitting a web with her fingers. And when she pulls her hands apart, you watch her eyes, these kind of vibrant azure eyes, glow, and you can see that the, um, the watery hair around you. Actually, because she's down this low, it looks like she just has a small wreath of, like, coral and shells that are following her around because it's water in water. <laughs> so down here, I guess she would look bald. But... <laughs> <laughs> she pulls her hands back and you watch as all the water suddenly evacuates out space. Can I get an athletics check from everybody in this space?
2: Oh no. Oh boy. Athletic
3: Ooh.
2: I got an eleven.
3: Okay. So did I.
2: Okay. am um, sorry, one second. Oh, jeez. Ugh, I got a seven.
1: Seven. Okay. So Zira and Yuana. You both take this. In stride, you kind of swim into like against the current that Vapa is making by pushing all this water away. Riley, you're not as lucky. You tumble backwards with the water as it pulls you because the water has to go somewhere and you're being taken with it and you bounce off the wall and you just feel a pain in your back and you take one point of piercing damage.
3: (gasps) Oh no.
1: And then you're kind of just bleeding in the water. Everyone roll me a perception check.
3: 13.
1: Anybody else?
2: I got a... Six. I
1: got a five. Five. Yolana. So, Riley, how do you react to this? You get sucked backwards and you tumble into the wall and hurt your back a little.
2: I do a small, like, and then I cover my mouth real quick because I'm like, oh, shit.
1: You see Riley covering his mouth and behind him in the water, you can see a little bit faint red.
3: Fuck. It. Okay, uh, no time, no time to waste. We have to move now uh, because uh, something's gonna come quickly. Uh, I run for the door. You run for the door and Vapa goes,
1: oh shit. And that's when we're gonna start our skill challenge. I love skill challenges. So the rules of the skill Mm -hmm. challenge. So for any of you who who are new to skill challenges or just anyone in the audience who has never really played with them before. This is a scenario where the players have to use skills to get through this situation. Now, in most cases, those skills are going to be the ones that are listed on your character sheet. In this particular scenario, there are two kind of caveats that I'm adding in here. We're kind of folding attacks into a combat skill, and I'm folding spellcasting, unless it's a very particular kind of spell, into just a spellcasting role. And the goal here is that if the players manage to get a certain number of successes, they get through the skill challenge and maybe they might get a bonus in a future encounter or you know they might get something helpful out of the situation or they might just escape without any complications or at least dangerous ones. But at the same time, if they get a certain amount of failures, let's say if it's an easy check, they have to get three successes to pass. If they get three failures, well, that's a dangerous situation. Sometimes that can result in Combat upsetting a creature you weren't aware existed, or giving your team some tremendous disadvantage for what is to come. In this situation, the players don't know the amount of successes they need to pass. Well, normally they don't. I'm going to let these players know so they can plan a little. (laughs) This is a hard encounter because you have a certain number of survivors that you don't even know how many there are. There could be 10 people in that room, there could just be two. You have to get six successes. And I have a a DC for that, which is 10. Now, let's everyone roll initiative and we can start this skill challenge.
2: Uh Oh, Oh, man. I got 18. I got a 5. Nice. I have uh, 18. Wow. 18 plus 1. 5
1: is going to be 0. Sorry, 0. Let's roll for Vapa. 15 for VAPA. Okay, so Ioana and Riley. At this point, Ioana, you have walked up the stairs to the door. Now, what would you like to do?
3: I would like to break down the door. So that will be, I'm assuming, athletics check. Yes, I'm absolutely. proficient in it, so I should be able to use it. Natural 20! 20, 26. What? Okay,
1: so you, how, what does it look like as you obliterate this door off the end?
3: I am going to basically like punch a hole through the door and then grab the door and like remove the whole door.
1: Holy crap! Okay. You do this, and as you punch through, you hear a scream on the other side. And when you rip the door away, you see three individuals on the other side of the room. First one is a half-orc woman who is standing five seven, roughly. She has pointed elven ears and she's currently dressed in a chef's uniform. Her hair is black and it's pulled into a long braid that is kind of fraying at the edges. You can see the kitchen around them is in dismay. There are open food crates that are all now empty. And standing Mm -hmm. behind this woman who is holding a frying pan and looking at you are two other individuals. One, a halfling woman who is dressed in a fairly ruined tuxedo. She is holding a big flat dinner tray at the ready. (laughs) And then the third person, in the back is dressed in what used to be a very very fine red gown this human has on large hoop earrings and they're kind of cowering behind the other two and the the orcish woman goes who are you and um, why are you here i hope you're you're here to help us right you you didn't
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Come on. We have to get out of here quickly. We have air for a while, and then we'll have a rope that we can use to get to the surface. But we have to hurry, because there are things in the water. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Move, 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 move.
1: They start to make their way towards you. Riley, what are you doing to help out this situation? Oh, here. Oh, man.
2: (sighs) Okay, I'm going to go to the exit, and how far away were those sharks those whatever sharks that um, i saw
1: the one that was behind you was maybe about 30 feet away the other were much deeper lower if you want to look out for sharks that could be a skill you're doing here um if you want to just maybe do a spell that you think would just get their attention that could be a thing how would you like to leverage this
2: One because i was gonna try and do a minor illusion but that's only 30 feet if they're already farther away from us and it doesn't help. Minor Illusion also does not have smell either, but it does say you can create a sound or an image. Oh, So I would have just used sound, but again, if they're farther away, it doesn't really help, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for the sharks.
1: Okay, roll me a perception or
2: investigation check. Your pick. Investigation, because that's better. Investigation is plus four. That's uh, 13.
1: 13. Okay, you pass. So what, what skill is it?
2: Investigation.
1: Investigation. So looking out and around, you can pretty clearly see that there are two large groups of sharks. One, there are five of them that are kind of up much higher from the bottom of the ocean. They're kind of prowling and grabbing bodies that are still slowly making their way down to the bottom as the air is leaving them and there is another group six strong that are kind of prowling through the bits of undersea vegetation down below and you can see that they're currently gorging now looking at your path ahead you realize that if you were to take the rope directly it would put you in line if the prowling sharks so there may have to be a moment here where you have to either prepare for danger or go around them but that's going to be an advantage you're going to have you're
4: forward.
1: two successes good job guys Next up is Vapa. I'm going to have her roll a spellcasting check to see if she can maintain the spell. It's not how the spell works, but it works very well for the skill challenge. Oh, she passed by the skin of her teeth. Oh, she rolled an 11. I rolled it four.
3: What skill was Vapa using?
1: I had her roll a spellcasting check to maintain the control water. That's kind of a, if you want to use magic, yeah, I'm treating it as a skill for this scenario because you're all wizards. I don't want to corner you without all of your tools. So that is a third success. Zero, what would you like to do?
5: So there's three people. They're already, you know, leaving. They haven't left the air pocket yet, right?
1: They are at the top of the stairs, making their way down. Basically, you're right there with Yulana, and they're starting to pass by you.
5: I'm nervous about those sharks, but I don't know exactly, I can't go. fighting sharks in the water.
1: I mean, you could. I can't say it would end well.
5: I could. I'm just going to stay and make sure everyone gets out safe.
1: Do you want to hold your turn or skip it? Because in a skill challenge, you're supposed to kind of use a skill you have or like use your magic or your combat to kind of further the situation along. You know what I mean? If you want to hold off and let somebody else go, you can.
5: Where's Riley again? Is he on the outside of the... The, the whole the... so
1: Riley as this all happened no. you watch Riley run down the air pocket to the cabin that Ioana had broken the window of you saw him kind of he said something about sharks and he ran off
5: sounds like him okay then can I I guess just be on the lookout for sharks I guess do I have to roll for
1: that so you would have to probably move forward
5: yeah so I want to move down there, actually to the end of the, the corridor
1: oh okay so where the water is kind of stopping like exactly. that. Yeah. roll me a perception check that's a skill we can use that
5: I'm gonna use actual desk if I'm scared. I got an eleven.
1: An eleven. Oh, you passed by the skin of your teeth. And that was close because you immediately think, okay, I want to check the other entrance. And you walk down the hall and you see the wall of water. And it's kind of dark ahead. And then coming from the darkness, you see a shadowed form of a frenzied shark from Riley's bit of blood. When he nicked his back on the wall, and it burst through the wall of water, and just as surprise as you are, but twice as confused, this shark suddenly lands on dry space (laughs) at your feet. It's probably like 12 feet long. Its mouth is this kind of curled spiral of teeth and it's like flailing around and your perception check was able to dodge you just right out of the way before it landed on you. When you stumble back.
5: Am I away from everyone else? It's in the way. It's in the way. Yes. It's flailing with its teeth everywhere yep can i attack it when it comes around to
1: your turn yeah so we're gonna go back to the top of the order you wanna you're following them down the stairs and you see zero take a quick step back as one of these world two sharks just breaks through the wall of water that vapa's got going on and you hear vapa behind you go oh shit. and you see this thing flopping around trying to get zero and zero is just kind of dodging out of the way it's blocking your path though as you all turn the corner with these three survivors you hear the one in the long red dress go
3: oh my god oh my god oh my god okay then i need to deal with the shark situation which okay what do i do what do i do okay i want this shark to be wounded and escaping so that other sharks go after its blood and leave us alone so i want to hurt this shark very badly and frighten it away so can i take out my awesome weapon and do some damage to it yeah roll me a combat check
1: well we'll just consider that an attack roll for this
3: sure absolutely for whatever the weapon <laughs> 25 i think I hit it <laughs> Did okay hit it. <laughs> so what is
1: it what does it look like as you cleave into this shark i'm not it's so big i'm not gonna say that because it's big and on land you're not going to be able to just scare it off because it can't really swim right now so how do you at least push it back to get it out of the way and so that they can at least slip through
2: the door
3: All right, so in this case, what I would say is, all right, so how about this? I'm not actually attacking with a big weapon. I kind of want to pretty much like run at it with a dagger and just try to shove it back into the water with all my strength bleeding
1: okay so yeah i'll say that the attack roll success on that was able to get you a nice stab in and you start to push it back now it's back half is in the water and it's starting to get traction like it should and it's still wriggling forward but you're struggling with it in this space you have just done something that might scare this shark off if there were any further provoking done it's back half is in the water unfortunately sharks can't swim backwards so this is going to need a little more work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and then we cut to Riley. You hear a commotion in the hallway behind you, and you spin around and see Zira take a step back, and this weird, curled mouth unfurl in Zira's direction. And then Yuana takes a step in, and you just, you're just you seeing glimmers of combat happen in the open doorway of this little room. What do you do? Oh, man.
4: Uh, what
1: do I have? So just to keep track, we have had a investigation roll, a perception roll, a combat roll, and a magic roll with skill challenges, I forgot to mention this before and I apologize for that. If you keep doing the same skill over and over again, the DC gets harder because the whole point of a skill challenge is to force you to be creative. I don't have
2: much I can do because they have to get over to me. Can I hold my, my action? Yeah, you can hold. Can I hold until we're all ready to be pulled up and out and then hold my minor illusion? to when we get close enough to those other sharks up top to use my minor illusion to make like a, a roaring sound or something or like a yelp sound as far like 30 feet away from us
1: okay yeah i'll see you can hold your action so we'll skip to just do an arbitrary roll for vapa unless one of you would like to roll the d20 because if this fails all this water is going in no
3: no you're no, not we'll putting it on us to... it's on you if it, if it <laughs> crashes it's your fault we'll
2: time. do it i'll do it because it's more fun this way just the 20. are you
1: sure okay you i'm gonna keep eight. what i just rolled because you guys told me to roll it okay i can send you a picture if you want but i rolled a three and
2: i rolled she a has... 19.
3: good good yeah mike really? don't roll it it's not on you it's not on you it's not on, <laughs> yeah. on the yeah, mike, DM. Work, right? i
2: rolled a 19 that's all i'm saying
3: <laughs> riley saves the day no, okay. Vapa does. Vapa saves the day.
1: Okay, because Vapa's modifier, she has her wisdom and then her proficiency, which last time it went from a four to a ten. So that would be plus six. That would have put her at a nine. <coughs> Riley, oh, Lydia. here's what we're going to do. You see Vapa struggling. You hear her yell out. What does Riley do to help her keep concentration on this spell? Because that's how I want to flavor this. It's more fun.
2: Oh, oh, man, I don't. Just smack her <laughs> oh, Put her the game. What? Break her concentration even more, dude. Come on. Could Riley go over to her and be like, It's okay, it's alright, you got this and then try and give her a spell slot. <laughs> hmm. Give her some concentration some magical energy. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. uh,
1: I think cause there isn't really a mechanism in the game that allows that to happen. Like the only reason it exists is cause the magic ring on the ship was built to do that.
2: Yeah yeah. Um I don't know, man. He's got nothing. Just words of encouragement just words of encouragement what are your words of encouragement we're terrifying to be honest that's fine it's more like oh oh vapa please you, you got this
1: if you don't then we all well they all drowned she you see her struggling with it and it's maybe because she's trying to maintain the border of the shark and you watch as so this is something she was about to do let's let's frame it this way you see her twisting her hand and riley you look between her and the shark and you see that The water from the wall is starting to morph around the shark. And at the same moment, you see that the barrier that she has up keeping the water back is starting to waver everywhere where you can see the barrier existing. So like whatever she's doing is pulling too much concentration. And you say this to her and she like, the focus vanishes from her face and she looks at the barriers and then just puts her hands back up to maintain it. Go, go. And then we go to 0 You're standing here now. Ioana is directly in front of you, wrestling a shark with a knife in its face. It's halfway through the water barrier that Faba is using down this long corridor hallway to keep the water back. Behind you, there are three survivors. One of them is panicking. Um, the other two are just, they seem nervous. And off to your right, you see Riley standing next to you in the open doorway to a cabin, waving you forward with a hole in the wall behind him.
5: What would you like to do? Okay, you want to tell me what my limits are. But That's I would fine. like to, because I'm assuming that Yuana is like gripping the shark up and like currently trying to push him out.
1: Yeah, but it looks like it's a lot for her to handle because this thing is huge. It's like 12 feet long at the shortest.
5: Right. Did she manage to cut it before or did she just manage to move it?
1: She stabbed it, and there's a knife sticking out of its the side of its face. Oh, right I'm now.
3: getting the knife, the knife back. I'm not giving the shark my knife. It's my knife.
5: <laughs> it's the, the it knife has, from It has
3: enough knives in his face already. <laughs> Made yes. of knives.
5: I want to attack it, right? Okay. And I want to also further drag it or push it out, you know, so he can officially be out of the way out of the corridor,
1: unless you want to use a spell that would either be a combat check an athletics check or a spell casting one in case you want to use magic. Now what I will say is that the athletics in the combat, the DC is going to be a little bit higher because it's already been already done. done it. But that's totally fine. You can do that. And if you fail, it makes the scene cooler. So
5: I don't want to fail. <laughs> it was a combat check, a spell casting check. And what was the other one athletics? We haven't used spellcasting yet, right?
1: Yeah, you guys haven't. Vapa did, but I'm not counting her check against you.
5: I'm I'm gonna risk it. I'm gonna do the athletics check.
1: Okay, so the I will let you know the DC for this is fifteen. It's a little higher. Well,
5: oh, it's way higher.
1: Yeah. For every repeat it goes up by five.
3: <laughs> oh shit. I was going to do I was going to do athletics next with advantage, but this if you do athletics I'm not doing athletics, I will have to do something else. Because then it goes to twenty and that you won't be yeah, it's a little uh, steep,
1: okay. I
5: will admit, but it's it How's makes that? the
1: narrative a little more tense.
3: <laughs>
5: I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a spell. Okay. I'm gonna use a spell. What spell? I'm gonna use shadow blade. Whoa. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay.
5: So I want to get on the opposite end of this thing that she has. I want to stab it right in this I don't know its midsection, and I want to try to I guess. Not pick it up by it, but like drag it in the direction, in the opposite direction of everyone else. Okay, so roll Out. me a
1: spellcasting check. What that's gonna be is roll, add your intelligence and your proficiency bonus.
5: Add both? Yeah.
1: Intelligence.
5: Is that the spell attack bonus?
1: Yeah, use that, that's actually right.
5: Okay, 20.
1: Wow, okay. So what does it look like as you st- you, use your, you summon your magic to, to wound this shark and help you want to push it into the breach that Vapa has made?
5: I reach from my side and like there's a sheath there, but there's not really, but I just like, when I pull on it, there's a long blade, basically the size of a, like a short sword. It's fuming with these black looking flames. And then I plunge it right in the freaking shark.
1: It's like, it's like that Naruto bit with the, the black fire.
5: Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you stab in and this shark lets out a terrible sound and starts flopping in the ground and that gives you and Yoana enough leverage to kick this thing back in the water and it quickly swims away as you watch the flames that this thing has put on it are quickly extinguished by the water and it's leaving a trail of blood behind it as it swims away. That's another success.
3: That's exactly. six already. You're at five. No, the first one was athletics, my to bl- break the door.
1: Oh, yeah. So we got athletics. I just want to do a recount. Make sure.
3: There was investigation by Riley. There was oh. spellcasting by Vapa, perception by Zira, my attack, and now this didn't
1: count. Six. No, you're good. You're good. That I was counting Vapa's successes for your team because that's a tough spell.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so six we got successes.
1: It. So you watch as this creature quickly swims away. And Riley, what action were you kind of holding here?
2: I was holding the action to cast my minor illusion. When we all grab the rope and we do the three tugs to, to uh, go up, you said that whereas like, the sharks are above us and practically in the way, that we either have to kind of fight maybe or go around them at some point. And I was thinking that if I wasn't going to let go, I was just going to hold on and just go through them. And like maybe, maybe like 30 feet before we reach them, cast Minor Illusion and throw like a sound, like a a whale, like 30 feet away from us and hopefully draw their attention.
1: So at that point, you guys watch the shark swim away, leaving a trail of blood behind it. The half-work woman goes, that was, that was scary. Um, thank you. Is that, how did we... And they're like, just now realizing that there are walls of water being held up and they're they're super disoriented. What? How do you guys want to tie up this
5: situation? I want to like guide them into the room so they could just go like, just right. one, I'd be able ready, ready to hold your breath, breath and go through that window.
3: There's a rope and okay. I'm kind of like okay. pointing to the rope. Cool, right? Now let's go. Vapa
1: follows along behind you, and all of you crowd into this little room. You are all holding the rope right before you go. Vapa goes, Oh yes, hold your breath, please. And they go. Let's go. Who's, who's doing the target?
3: I would say maybe like me and Riley up front so that Riley can do his minor illusion, and I can punch a shark in the face if necessary. OK. And then the rescued people. And then Zira said you wanted to be the last, right?
5: Yeah, so then, Vapa.
3: so then Vapa and Zira, that makes sense to me, right? I like it. Okay.
1: Tug, tug, tug. I,
3: I pull pulling the rope, yeah.
1: Okay, so you give, a, you give a tug, and the rope starts being pulled immediately, and they're all holding on. Now, you've already passed the skill challenge. You've passed the hard part, which is absolutely wonderful. So as you are being pulled away, and the rope is slowly pulling you upwards, there's enough distance for everyone to be able to make it out without losing their breath. And you're being pulled, and pulled, and pulled. Can I get a perception check from whoever is at the back end of the rope?
2: That would be yeah, boy. your boy, Ya girl, Zero.
1: Ya girl,
5: I'm whatever I want to <laughs> True. I got a six. Roll, just roll regular dice. <laughs> so, I'm gonna use up my luck.
1: With a six, you see, as the as you're at the very back, your arm is just on the rope, and you're being trailed behind everyone that can cover. You see that shark that both you and Yuana managed to beat away, that whirl-nosed monstrosity as it's swimming away in the ocean. And trailing behind it is a red, like, scarf of blood from the wounds that you gave it. And you watch very quickly as a couple of these other sharks that were prowling below start to make their way over. And your perception- So is it chasing me? No, not chasing you, chasing the shark that was hurt. And this is where your perception check comes in. Because as you're being tugged away from the ship, you notice suddenly, the sand around you, the plants, everything just suddenly gets uprooted and you're blinded by dirt and debris. And then the tugging of the rope pulls you out of that cloud. And you see a creature that was lying in the sand beneath in wait, suddenly spring forward and chase after that shark that you wounded. And as you swim away, you see this Titanic. It looks like a crocodile. But it's got big flat flippers like a seal. It's 30 feet long, and you can feel (laughs) you can feel all of your skin tingle with electricity as it swims away. And it takes off past you, and you watch it grab that one shark and eat it in a gulp. And then suddenly, a burst of electricity tears through the water and stuns the roughly 11 other sharks that were prowling in the area and it just starts feeding and as you're being pulled quickly and quickly to the surface you realize if you had failed those sharks could have been you
2: and then we end keep that to yourself by the way i don't need to be <laughs> more panicky
5: i'll tell you after we survive no so no no we're...
2: just don't even say it don't even say it dog <laughs> just leave it good shit
1: everybody that was awesome if you <sighs> had failed you would have had to fight that oh, thing man. With a with a wounded person with you. And the eleven sharks swimming around. Well, the sharks would have fled because this thing is clearly
2: a predator. What
1: <laughs> is that thing called? It has a real world definition.
3: The noposaurus. We don't need
2: that. We don't need that in our lives. Let me get the name. Thirty feet. Jesus. Yeah.
3: It's a nopoligator.
1: In our world it would have been would have been called a chronosaurus. In this world, it's called a thunderjaw. Which it can create an aura of slowing electricity It will ca- that. cast a pseudo slow spell you in the ocean
3: no polligator.
1: yep <laughs> no pologators
3: i don't want one
1: <laughs> you made it out that was really clever i don't know i don't know it could be useful Damn. i don't know. I have
2: one around oh, you can tame it
3: oh man
1: yeah if you had failed you would have been surrounded by sharks that would have been bad
2: oh, my my anchor idea isn't so bad being yeah! the water fast as shit.
3: Being pulled out of the water fast as shit was very, very good idea. Just imagine, though, if
1: the creature had attacked you and instead you tied the rope to it. And then tugged.
3: <laughs> Zoom! Wait, what? what wait? <laughs> With the
1: anchor. Just, like, tie it to the Kronos piece. <laughs> oh
3: my, I would love to see Kothak's face if this is what... <laughs>
1: That would be great. Like this
3: thing landing on the deck. Cool. Instead.
1: Didn't even get to give you their names. I guess you can talk to them afterwards.
3: I mean, we haven't talked to them yet, so there was no time for introductions. It was
5: was more of a priority. Yeah, it's
2: not the Uh, time. We could chit-chat later.
1: Yeah, I think one more recording will wrap up this piece, because there was still the wreckage if you wanted to investigate it further, and you can still talk to them. You mean mean, go back um,
5: into the boat with the thing?
3: Mm -mm. With the... (laughs) No. Um, no.
5: And I saw it, and I'm telling everybody. No, no, thank you. No, thank you.
1: Oh, there's so much, so many goods down there.
3: <laughs> Obviously, but also priorities. Uh, we need to, I guess it will depend on what they tell us, because if they tell us that there is a real danger of the Abyssal Maw, or whatever the name is, eating us, then I don't want to stay here. And yeah.
1: That was great. Thanks, everybody.
5: That was, that was so Underwater cool.
1: Underwater encounters are my favorite, because they can suddenly become very scary so fast.
4: Hey there, fruit snacks,
1: and happy Monday, fruit snacks. Is that weird? I'm thinking of, like, a two-berry thing. I know that's the other show, but, yeah, whatever. As you know, we have a lot of ways for you to support the show. Twitter, Facebook, etc. You know, the good places to get the latest updates on the show. You can also check out our editor Nikki, who is responsible for all the initial cast edits on our production. So follow her as well at Beholder to No One on Twitter. She's the DM producer and all-around powerhouse behind the talk show Beholder to No One. It's her baby and it kicks ass. So give them some love. Joanna, as played by Carolina or PowerwordFu on Twitter, who creates wonderfully fun content on DMs Guild and occasionally does some really gorgeous fantasy cartography, so show her some love as well. If you'd like to support the actual production of the show, we also have artwork and merch for Redbubble on sale. Any funds we get through Redbubble go directly to supporting the hosting costs for this show, which at the moment are only supported by me since we don't really monetize this production. You'll find a link to that in our episode description and on our website, There's a nice little red button at the top of our website banner on the right. Super easy, one click away. Today, we have a cross-promotion with Relic of the Past podcast, which, if you're on Twitter, you may notice that they make these really huge catalogs of Follow Friday for it. They make these wildly huge catalogs of follow, Follow Friday. I can't say Follow Friday, huh? They make these wildly huge catalogs of Follow Friday threads, where you can go on and check out all the new episodes from dozens and dozens of shows. So, take a moment, check them out.
4: In a world headed for disaster, five strangers with mysterious pasts are thrown together by the winds of fate to try to stop the unseen forces that threaten to destroy their world. Join Creval, a dragonborn with no memory and no past, who is the first of the barbarians of the mountains to be seen in a thousand years. Cotter, a penniless paladin, running from something or someone in his past. No one, the only typhling monk the kingdom has ever seen who has been expelled from his monastery for reasons he has not revealed. Adri, his monastic companion, who hides some deep dark secret she cannot reveal. And Arlen, once a simple farmer, until some mysterious event manifested sorcerous powers in him. They must travel the length and breadth of the kingdom of Ferro, searching for the disparate clues that will help them unravel the mystery of the failing of their land, while trying to hold together the unraveling threads of society's weave threatening to come apart at any moment. They will have to battle nature, plague, politics, and even the forces of the underworld as they attempt to discover and defeat whoever, or whatever, is attempting to poison their world and throw it into chaos. Relic of the Past is a novel-length story told via a clean, custom, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found and at poolmedia.podbean.com Let's get back to the show, shall we?
1: We pick up with Ioana and Riley, standing on the deck of the ship with a handful of other sailors. With you is Vapa, Neil, and Susanna, the tiefling bard of the ship. And while you're all standing here, Kothak walks up and he's surveying the situation. And he looks to Vapa and she nods and he says, All right, everyone, you know the deal. We've got a salvage operation on our hands. Based on where we are, we need to be quick. Uh, I would say we are only about 100 miles away from the Bismuth out- outpost on the edge of the channel. That means the chances of an Emporo ship finding us in the middle of this are very high. Standard salvage op, he reaches out with his with his um, hand, his good hand, and points to three or four sailors. Three of you with Neil, you're gonna be the dive team, scouring the, the ship bottom for goods. Vapo's gonna use our normal underwater breathing tactic to make the salvage as quick as possible. He looks towards Zira, Riley. Can um, both of you take some of the crew and go below deck and prepare the crane in case we find any goods that need to be carted up from the bottom?
2: Uh, Yes, Captain. And I salute. (laughs)
3: He's (laughs) He's always saluting. I'm I'm raising my hand. Uh, and, and, And what would be my responsibility here?
1: Oh, it's heavy. He looks at neil neil never mind i'm not even gonna ask that question um below deck in the cargo hold you'll find a panel on the floor in the center you pry it open we have a, a mechanical lift a winch on um, that we can drop into the water to hook goods and lift them up can you take a couple That's crew it. members and go down and just bring it up and get it set up
3: sure yes i i'm happy to help with that
1: thank you okay let's get moving um you see vapa reaches out her hand and mutters a word and these like kind of luminous bubbles appear in the air and float towards a handful of the crew members and when they hit them they gasp for a moment which you recognize as her water breathing spell and they all start climbing into the the rowboats on the edge of the ship you hear the, the pulley like a crew members rolling the pulley as it drops the boats down in the water and you hear a faint splash in the distance um what would you two like to do
3: uh, well, what Kothak told us, right? Set up the the, the winch so that we can uh, pull heavy things oh, out no. of the water.
2: Oh, I mean, do you need me for that, or should I go with the other crew members and maybe help them look for stuff? Although there's sharks in the water, right? Let,
3: there let are, but I think. Um, I mean, I, I, can, I can manage, I guess, and I kind of look at the other sailors who are supposed to be taking care of this task with me.
1: Um, there's four of them, roughly. They all kind of nod, and you see Susanna step up, and she's... It's your little friend. Uh, ooh, I gotta find her accent again. Two or three weeks in between playing.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I assume that the winch is a lot heavier than... Uh, your sword, so
3: probably yeah.
2: So uh, I don't know if I would be too helpful in that in in, in, in in endeavor.
1: Um. Okay. So as you're saying this, Riley, what do you do? Because technically, Kothak said, "Can you two go do this?" And you're trying to go do something else. Um. What would? How do you want to proceed with this?
2: Uh, oh, but I I can try.
3: Ily, you can you can ask him I mean, if you think it will be more useful going with the dive team then then do that, I don't see a problem oh.
2: but it's just that he, I don't
3: know he could, you think he'll be mad and didn't Papa already use her he can her? say no, if he says no then you will come and help me if he says go ahead, you can go with the dive team it's,
2: it's fine I'll, 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 help I'll help you out All right. Okay. So as you're
1: having this conversation, I think this is a fun little character moment here. You hear the wood of the the deck of the ship, Riley, right behind you, creak a bit. And as you look over your shoulder, you're startled by Susanna, who has kind of walked up to both of you in the conversation. She goes, What are you? Are you afraid to ask the captain to be switched?
2: Oh, uh, 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 hello. Uh,. well, I'm afraid of a lot of things. What uh, uh, do you think he'd be mad? I mean, Miss Vapa already used her her water breathing on those other gentlemen, and I, I would, I hate to impose.
1: She puts her hand, um, puts her hand gently on your shoulder and goes. Well, it wouldn't hurt to ask him. And you know, she looks at your stature. I honestly don't think he might help too much lifting. All those crane parts. <laughs> she looks at you on and kind of smiles.
2: I think you're right. Okay,
3: and you're huh. pretty good at looking at, at, looking for things. I mean, you what? did you did well when we last went down into the water.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, I don't wear these glasses for nothing.
1: <laughs> if you're afraid of the captain, <laughs> go um go ask Vapa. She's a little more soft.
2: I I feel bad about going behind his back um, I'll, I'll find him first
1: he's 10 15 feet away <laughs> he's over <standing laughs> at the edge of the ship um, helping vapa coordinate with the sailors to get the two dive teams down below the first one has already dropped into the water the second one is about is like loading into the boat
3: I'm kind of like giving Riley a, a an encouraging pat on the shoulder
2: um, Riley looks over and he's like yeah I think I'll talk to the captain instead because they're right next to each other, practically. It just... Mm.
3: <laughs> like, you probably heard.
2: It's just weird if you went to Bapa at that point. It, was just it like, would be frankly. so funny, though. And he's just like, <laughs> And he uh, sheepishly walks over. Uh, oh, captain, my captain?
1: <laughs> All right, look, we got to talk about something here. Why are you being so formal with me?
2: Oh, uh, I... You, you're my employer? I just thought that that's how things go. I'm I'm sorry.
1: Look, don't. All right, I didn't mean to come off harsh. Look, Neil literally spits at me if I make fun of him. You can ease it down on the formalities. We're, you know, we, we work together here.
2: Yes, Mr. Kothak. What well, What is it? How can I help you? Well, seeing as my, I I don't think I'd be that. And he like lifts up his arms like he's trying to make a muscle. <laughs> but he has, like, a whole bunch of robes on, but you can still see that he is not the strongest guy. I... I don't have... I don't think I'd be that great at helping them with the, uh, w- winch. Uh, do you think I could go with the salvage team? Well, I, I can detect magic and identify things, so if anything's bad, we don't have to bring it on board.
1: Roll me a persuasion check with advantage. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: Yay! Yeah.
2: This. Persuasive. I'm not persuasive. I'm not. <laughs> Hold on one sec. Um, because <laughs> I had a one and a four. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh oh, ten. Ten. That's
1: that's good enough. Um, this isn't a high stakes persuasion test here. Wow, you rolled. Uh, what is your persuasion? <laughs> a six. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's fine. Um, he looks you looks you up and down and goes, "All right, that's that's great to know." Um, he looks around and he sees Susanna standing over by Yoanna, and he goes, "You'll um, swap places with Susanna. She hates the water anyway." Really? And Yoanna, you hear a, a you hear a giggle, and she leans over, like she leans in close and goes, "I was gonna offer to switch anyway. It was more fun to make him squirm a little." <laughs>
3: I give Riley thumbs up. <laughs>
1: two friends. Um, yeah, Riley, go ahead. Um, get on the ship. Vapa, do you have the resources? Um, and she goes,
0: Yes, it would not take much to do. Another casting.
1: Um, and she reaches out her hand and gestures to you. Um, she mutter- mutters something in a language you don't understand, and you see this orb appear in the air in front of you. It looks like a soap bubble. And it glides your way and hits you in the face. And in that moment, it feels like all the air is pulled out of your lungs for a moment. And it feels like when you're, you know, you're really sick and congested. It feels like it's jello in there. Mm-hmm. You get that feeling for a moment. <clears throat> you clear your throat and you can suddenly breathe the air again. Um, and behind you, a handful of other regular crew members are climbing into um, the rowboat. Uh,
2: uh, wait for me, guys.
1: And I, <laughs> I rush over. Yeah, you rush over and climb in the boat, and as the, the winch is lowered, Neil is turning the um, the winch handle, and the boat is quickly descending into the water. We hear a splash as our camera view pulls away over towards Yuana and Susanna. Um, what would you two like to do?
3: So, uh, where's that winch, and how does that work? I'm not great at mechanical things, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can figure it out.
1: Oh, it's all right, the, it's pretty simple to put together um come on i'll lead you down and she starts to walk towards um the double doors that are kind of adjacent to the the doorway to the captain's quarters that lead you below deck a handful of other nameless sailors (laughs) follow you down and after a few minutes you find yourselves in the darkened hull of the gilded lily and it's very lower deck where at the moment you are surrounded by a handful of black powder barrels, crates of food and ration stores, and a hand a bunch of cannonballs as well. Um, and there's like a big, big stretch of the floor that is maybe about fifteen feet across that has a metal loop on it where a chain would clearly be affixed. And at this moment Susanna goes, Well, oh, where'd the, the lift chain go? The door's a little heavy for me to lift. For us to live by ourselves, I think.
3: I mean, um. we can try.
1: Oh, strong one, uh-huh.
3: Yeah.
1: Alright, give it a go. Alright. I bet you three silver you can not open it.
3: I will take that bet. Uh, I still have one rage that I haven't used. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to get angry, and with the help of a spectral ghost of my ancestor, lift the door
4: (laughs) with advantage.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's awesome. Um, So, as usual, when you rage out, um, just the ambient presence, Um, what does this ancestor look like?
3: Um, I think it might be the same one that we uh, that we saw when I was sparring with Susanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like this uh, this this very old warrior woman. Uh, you can see that uh, she must have she's a little bit stooped, but she like like. Um, must have been a very imposing figure uh, in her youth, um, and she's still like broad-shouldered, wearing some kind of armor, hair tied back. Um, some similarity with features, uh, like facial features, to me. Oh. Uh, and and she kind of like helps me lift this heavy thing.
1: That is so cool. So I have a question. Um, we I don't know if we've gone over this before, but when Joanna rages, does what does anything change about her specifically?
3: Uh uh, she kind of, it depends because uh, the situations that made her angry before and make her rage uh, it's either like absolute cold fury or it's actually more like this situation or sparring match where uh, it's more like joyful and she is smiling and just jumping into it with like reckless uh, disregard for safety or anything oh, basically I love it. Um, like, you know, mosh, mosh pit approach to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to the raging.
1: So with a grin on your face, um, the like the, the veins in your forehead kind of bulge a little, um, just from the strain and the excitement of it. And you feel that warming kind of familiar presence of an ancestor um, materialize basically right next to you as you reach down to grab like the metal loop, which is fairly big. You could easily fit your hand in it. Roll me an athletics check.
3: Okay. Okay, uh, good thing I have that advantage, because that's either a 2 or a dirty 20.
1: Wow, okay, Um, so here's what happens. As you reach down and grab the the metal loop and lift it to pull, you hear a handful of the regular sailors behind you gasp. Susanna goes, oh my. Directly in front of you, on the other side of this long door, like this long panel on the floor, um, you see an ancestral spirit appear at the total opposite end of the door. And this stooped older um, warrior, she looks at you and kind of grins with a bit of kind of fierce determination and reaches into her, her like spectral clothing and procures a chain with a weight on the end and throws it up towards the ceiling. And as you watch, it glides through the air and loops through a wheel, which should have had a chain on it for another winch mechanism to lift this up. And it s- loops down and lands right where your hand is on the, mm. on the chain or on the, um, the big metal loop.
3: All right. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely using this uh, to my advantage, the spectral chain uh, to, to, to help me lift uh, and open this compartment.
1: So, you yeah, you loop it through um, and just pure determination grab the very edge of the wood of this big door and start to lift it, um, you, lifting straight with your legs. And as you lift and it goes off the ground, you watch the ancestor spirit with the chain now looped through that piece of that ring is pulling and acting as a winch for you. And the door quickly lifts up and you get it about 15 feet off of the 10 feet up. And And inside, you can see there is a fairly large, like, crane made of wood and, like, bolted together with bits of metal. And while you're looking at it, you kind of let go of the door above your head. And you feel that it is staying staying true and steady as this spirit Mm -hmm. is kind of holding it up for you. And while you're looking at it, Susanna peeks around. Can you always do that?
4: Ah...
3: Not always and not for a very long time. So, uh, uh boys and girls, uh, you really need to put some effort into this as well because I cannot hold it forever on my own.
1: <laughs> she, Susanna, looks <laughs> past you at the other sailors and goes, Come on, get off your ass. And they, they run <laughs> over. Um, and together, all of you kind of manage to hoist this winch, this kind of crane, out of the, the very bottom hull of the ship. And right as you pull it out and get it from this kind of piece of the cargo hold you hear the door slam behind you as the spirit has vanished in the chain providing the tension is gone and together you along with the other crew members and susanna kind of lift this thing up and carry it towards the um the metal grate of the cargo hold that can open susanna yells up oi You fucks up there can you uh, open the winch and you hear Neil yelling.
3: I, I like the combination with <laughs> you, Fox. With can you please?
1: <laughs> and you hear Neil. Hey, asshole! Would you yeah. be so kind? Yeah. You hear um, Neil from above. Go. <laughs> sure thing, asshole. And the you watch as the metal grate that makes up the cargo, the the um, you know the drop section of the cargo hold slowly pulls back, and you hear a crew. <gasps> hoisting rope as it pulls open and they get um, a lift mechanism set up which is kind of set into the bottom of the ship where you are as almost like an elevator lift and with the churning of these kind of mechanical winches and the grunts of the crew above you manage to get the crane all the way up top and move it to the edge of the ship. Would you like to try and set it up?
3: Uh, but sure. I mean, I would definitely ask Susanna or, or any of the sailors who are familiar with the mechanism to help me with it. Because, like I said, um, not necessarily um, skilled in engineering and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I if there is, like, strength needed to do it, uh, happy, to, happy to help.
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a decent amount of this can be you getting the pieces together and let the rest of the crew kind of bolt it in and set it up around you because it's basically um, a a bunch of slats of wood built on a hinge and you can lift the hinge up to get like an L shape where the crane would be and all you kind of have to do is get the pieces lifted up so that they can lodge it in place if you want to roll an athletics check,
3: feel free sure, absolutely Uh, okay, Uh, no longer raging because that only lasts uh, for one round if nobody attacks me uh oh. Okay. Uh. Well, that would be a nine. Mm. <laughs>
1: okay. Um. So here's what how we're gonna handle this. You do have the crew helping you, which means that no matter how troublesome this is for you to help, the crane will be erected. Though, the lower you roll, the higher chance of problems happening further down the line. Um. Uh, so, yeah.
3: I think maybe. I have an idea for mm-hmm. what this could mean. Uh, so perhaps uh, this is the the, the reason I, I kind of messed it up is because some parts of it are require like you know pure brute strength to put it into place but some parts are a little bit more delicate and i kind of i don't know which parts to treat delicately and which parts to just jam with a heavy hammer and uh, because of that there may be some you know bolts that is not fully in place oh or some i love part this that is, it's some part that is strained because i hit it too hard
1: oh this is perfect
3: I don't I don't know what to hit hard and what to not hit hard basically.
1: Okay, yeah, so you manage to get up and get it built up and you're satisfied with it. Um as the crew starts to thread they um the chains through the you know the the turn wheels of the winch and they get like a, a hook set up at the edge of it. Our view pulls away and sinks down into the water. Riley, you oh, and yeah. the other crew members have You and the dive team have taken, made your way all the way out onto the water. And these two boats are kind of sitting, bobbing up and down on the calm ocean water. These two boats are kind of sitting here floating on the water. Um, And sailors around you are kind of leaning off the edge of the boat and back dunking into the water. Until it's you and Vapa on the, the second boat. You're left alone here.
2: What do you do? First, I ask, so why do they fall back into the water backwards like that? Just curious. Um. Never really seen that before.
1: Have you ever jumped into a pool
2: or anything like that? You know, cannonball? (laughs) No. The last time we did that, I just dipped. I went. I used the ladder.
1: If you're dipping in quickly, um, most of the holes on your face are pointing down. So, dunking in backwards lets the water flow over your face, so you don't get a lot of salty seawater in your nose. Though you are more welcome to go face first. Try, please. <laughs> she has kind of a playful smile on. Oh, okay,
2: we'll be at sea for a long, a-, a decent amount of time. I assume. Um, do you think you could ever, you know, show me how you do that? The- breathe underwater.
1: Bit. Oh, the magic I thought you meant. We can, we can talk about that, yes, in
2: the future. Okay. Okay. Uh. Oh. Should I call you Master if we do that, or? Uh, no. How does she look? <laughs> How does she look when I ask that?
1: <laughs> she looks a little confused and kind of puzzled. No, don't, do, don't do that. Oh. Oh. Just, oh. just Vapa is fine. Hold on one hey. second.
2: Um before she can say that, um, when he when she looks confused and she says, No, don't don't do that, he kinda looks a little disheartened and he just kinda he doesn't back he doesn't dive backwards, he just dives into the water. <laughs> Face forward. Okay. Um like super quick.
1: You quickly dive in, like, you know, is it like a good dive or are you just kinda of flopping into the water?
2: Uh, just flopping into the water, just goes... Psh, not not scuba. Roll me a like
1: constitution a- to, uh, save. <laughs> you can breathe in water, but a bunch of salt water immediately going into your nose is not
2: great. Okay, okay. Twelve.
1: Ooh, okay. So you, face first, just flop into the water. For a moment, you're kind of dizzied by all the air you've brought down with you, your nose stings, your eyes are burning a bit from just the salt water. You didn't do this right. Your eyes are kind of burning and watery and your your nose is just feels hot from, you know, the influx of salt water and you cough and let out the only air you have. And in that moment, you feel the, the salt water, the sea water flow in. And, you know, you feel that normal little bit of panic that usually comes with this strange sensation. You're a bit turned around, but deep below you, maybe 60, 70 feet, you can see the shadows of sailors swimming down towards the kind of looming silhouette of the shipwreck, frozen to the coral reef.
2: What do you do? Um, wait up, guys! <laughs> <laughs> and I start swimming towards them. Mm-hmm.
1: So you swim down with um, the crew, and around you, as you get closer and closer to the ship, roll me a perception
2: check lovely oh come on (laughs) that would be a four
1: oof okay um so from our view down below we see riley quickly swimming down deeper um is he a good swimmer
2: or is it kind of like goofy looking he's definitely he's better than the first time but he's he's still goofy okay yeah so we see
1: riley swimming down deeper and deeper and it looks kind of goofy Um, Your limbs aren't really moving in a very good coordination, but you're you're getting there. But from our view, we see, as Riley's swimming down, a whirltooth shark pass, I don't know, 10, 15 feet behind him, lazily and calmly. And Riley, with with a kind of a smile, swimming down further, totally unaware of the danger that happens to be right near him. Though in this moment, the shark doesn't seem to respond. Um, as it kind of glides lazily through the water, it's weird, kind of, what is the, I don't even know how to describe that shape. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what a world Tooth shark is, it's basically a shark with a buzzsaw for a bottom jaw. Um, it was a real creature that lived on our planet, but it went extinct. And by our planet, I mean Earth. Um,
2: it- and
3: we are worst, we are worst for it because it is the goofiest looking creature in the world.
2: Or, no, no. Or so we hope it's extinct. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We don't know what's down in the murky depths.
3: platypus sounds like a sensible creature design compared to this thing. Mm -hmm.
2: The platypus also is very highly poisonous.
1: Imagine if you just took a frisbee, covered it in teeth, and then that is the shark's bottom jaw. It, I guess, made sense at the time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Riley, as you're swimming down further and further, in total... Blissful unawareness of the the other creatures you are sharing this space with. What do you do as you get closer to the shipwreck? How do you, how would you like to proceed? You can see around you there are easily a baker's dozen of sailors, swimming around through the water, lifting up bits of wood and pieces and just
2: investigating through this shipwreck. Are they concentrated in any particular area, or are they just spreading out throughout the whole ship? Um, they're
1: spreading out in pairs. You do notice that immediately.
2: Is, is, is there a one that's alone right now? No. Oh, oh darn. Uh, okay. Okay. I can, I can do this. I can do this. I should have. No, I can't. I should have asked for a buddy too. I didn't realize. Okay. Uh. In that moment,
1: it dawns on you, Susanna might have drawn the short straw.
2: I don't want to bother them. They're all they're sitting there. Uh, uh, I'm gonna swim into the wreckage and take a, Take a little bit of time to concentrate on my glasses, and I will cast detect magic. And so when I open my eyes, my eyes, my glasses, the actual like lenses are kind of glowing a bit, and from from them I can see. Any magic within 30 feet of me.
1: Ooh, okay. So you're f- kind of floating down here near the b- um, this coral reef. And in front of you is the ship is broken in half and frozen to the ship. You've been in, in this ser- scenario before, so you do recognize, you know, the general layout. Ahead of you, though, there are three levels to this ship. You have the cabin level, which would have been the entertainment area and the kitchen, which is where you save the crew from. And then you have um, a deck above that, which seems to be, from the looks of it, more quarters, though not nearly, or though much fancier than the ones at the bottom. Looking at the ship, you can see that there are um, fine upholstered furniture that look like it might have been expensive at some point. It's kind of floating in in the water near those bits and places of this upper area. When you engage your Detect Magic, how close are you to the ship?
2: I, I would have swam into it essentially. Okay Like I guess where it broke in half, I would swim between the two halves mm-hmm. and then and then uh, popped it.
1: Okay, so you you're kind of looking at the middle section which would have been the entertainment space. So immediately pinging on your senses. can you does the tech magic work through surfaces? I don't
2: know. Um,
3: uh, depends on what the material it is.
2: Uh, it says 30 feet from you, you can detect any magical presence. Uh, da, 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 you can learn it's school. Um, the spell can penetrate most barriers, but it is blocked by one foot of stone, an inch of common metal, uh, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt.
1: Okay, so what I will say is that the wood here, you'll be able to detect things that are relatively closer to you. And with this in mind on the upper set of quarters which would are the much fancier of the two pairs of this sunken ship sandwich you feel a fairly potent abjuration magic coming from on the other side of a wall which is probably at this point a right at the edge of your vision but you can see warbling in like the water is this faint aura of You know what? Describe to me what the aura looks like. I feel like it'd be cool if the glasses do give you a representation of magic, but it's also through Riley's mental lens. So, like, detect magic might look different for you than it does you wanna. Or Zero.
2: What was... What's abjuration magic
1: again? Protection. Warding. Shielding.
2: Okay. Um, It would have, for Riley, every time he detects magic through his glasses, so as soon as he's done um, casting it he immediately knows that he needs to start like looking around because it's it's not like a feeling it's a something he sees mm-hmm. and what he sees different schools of magic have different colors to them so um, abjuration would probably be a like a calming kind of blue a sense of safety
1: okay yeah so this this calming blue aura it's rectangular in shape and you can see it through the wood of what what you presume is probably some kind of room Um, Maybe it's a suite, maybe it's a storage room, it's hard to tell at this distance. That is the first magical thing that pings on your senses.
2: If that's the first thing, naturally curious. And he will beeline it there uh, at a normal pace, not super fast. Cause as he gets closer to it, he's gonna like, he's gonna actually keep looking around just cause, and make mental notes of any kind of magic pings he can see.
1: Okay, roll me a I think investigation check as you're moving forward.
2: Oh man, I'm rolling super bad today. 12.
1: With a 12 as you're swimming forward, you get closer again to these finer areas. And when you kind of settle into um, what would have been the hallway. So the way that to give you kind of detail, imagine a long hallway that is kind of a U at each end of the ship. And on your left and right in each of these hallways, there are rooms. So realistically, looking at the ship at this kind of sliced-off angle of this, of this kind of metaphorical sandwich, you would see room, hallway, room, room, hallway, and then another room, which would be at the other end of the ship. You kind of get the feel of it?
2: Um, you said it's like the, in the shape of a U?
1: Yeah, so imagine... It, it's in the shape of a U right now because the ship is cut in half, but normally it would not be. It would be one long, like, rectangle, and there are okay. rooms on each side of, like, the edge of this rectangle. You know what I mean? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I got you.
1: Okay, so you notice that on the left, as you approach the, the, the leftmost hallway, leading deeper into the kind of murky darkness of the shipwreck, um, you have the abjuration spell to your left, and you can sense through the floor beneath you Um, There is a very particular magic aura that you don't quite... I think we can solve this with an arcana check for you to get a grasp on what
2: kind of magic this is. Uh Sure. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, Arcana. (laughs) That is a 22. You recognize this type of magic
1: only because you have seen it before one time. In school the aura is a strange weaving of evocation and conjuration and it's woven in a way normally you just get a vague aura whatever the most predominant magic is but you know for powerful more powerful enchantments sometimes you can see that these fields of power are woven in a way almost like you're looking at the threads of a piece of clothing or like the knitting of a a blanket and you can see that very carefully woven is evocation and conjuration magic through the floor beneath you in the entertainment space what do you do Uh,
2: like directly blow me yeah um do i kind of get a sense that it how of how long it would take for me to make my way down to that um that other thing
1: a minute you'd have to just swim out and go around
2: um This is going to sound dumb, but if it's directly below me... What I will tell you, just to give you an idea, is
1: just to make sure I didn't paint this the wrong way. The aura is far enough away that you can tell that it's not, like, embedded in the floor or something.
2: Right, but that one seems way more special than the just plain abjuration that's right next to me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Could I try casting magic missile on the floor right below me oh so to try and blow like up blow up a hole yeah, through so it yeah so just blow a hole into it so that I can just swim down instead of taking a minute to swim yeah, around um,
1: roll me some damage
2: uh, how does that work again it's like 1d4 no it's a couple or d4 um, I think d4. it's 3 darts 3d4 plus
1: 1 All Oh right. uh, so it's 1d4 plus 1 for each magic missile right okay yeah so it'd be 3d4 plus 4 I have a number in mind that you have to hit to
2: break through the floor. Okay, so... Because it's waterlogged, beat up wood. Oh my god, that sucks. Uh, one, two... Uh, five plus another three... Eight?
1: Okay, you just hit my threshold. You aim the spell down. What does it look like as you blast a hole through the floor?
2: Uh, it just... It just looks like three con- con, um, consecutive just white orbs just go... Bam, 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 same spot, just to weaken the exact same spot so they would break through.
1: Yeah, so each consecutive blast, as it hits the ship, you hear, you hear, as it, the, the force of this, you know, the magical force that you're pushing onto this wood echoes through the water, you can feel pressure in your ears because when you're underwater, sound is a lot more powerful than it should. As that pressure in your ears is building with each consecutive hit, the last one blows a hole through the floor and you see wood splinters kind of floating up around you. Um, as the floor has been kind of caved in. And roll me a perception
2: check. How about this blue one? Oh my. You okay? <laughs> no, I don't see nothing. Uh, perception is a four. Okay, oh, so come you-
3: Come I told everybody you are good at finding things.
1: You see down below, you can still see the aura of this magic item, but you can't quite tell where it is or what it's attached to, but it is down in the, the area below. Do you swim into it?
2: Uh, yes, I peek my head through, because <laughs> it dawns on Riley that someone could have been, one of our people could have been on the other side of that, and he'll peek through and be like, hello? Is anyone there? And, like, look left and right as he peeks through. No, nah, nobody here. And then he just moves, and he's like, oh. In the back of his mind, he's like, oh, thank thank the gods no one was on the other side of that. And then he, he'll swim through and make a beeline to this cool object.
1: So as you swim closer, this particular section of the ship is messy. There's a lot of stuff floating in the water, a lot of stuff obscuring your vision, but you've kind of tunnel visioned onto this magical signature. And you get closer and closer and closer. And because your perception check was so low, you're swimming down and you see underneath of what looks to be a bunch of goods, um, there is like a, a shattered piano braced against the side of the ship there are two or three pieces of like larger pieces of broken tables and chairs that have kind of piled against the bottom just because they were sinking and they landed into the hull of the ship. And you see this signature and you get closer and closer and closer. And then, oh, it's attached to a hand. Oh, that hand is sticking out of this pile. And you kind of look over the the body of this individual, the signature is a ring attached, affixed to their, their middle finger on their right hand. And you look through the, the rubble of this bit and you do see it, you follow through and find the person's face. Now, Riley recognized this magic signature because he's seen he has seen it before. He has seen this ring before. Would you like to describe to me one of your teachers who are crushed and dead underneath the weight of all these goods? Hello, and thank you for sticking around. Next week, we have a special bonus episode for you. Behind the scenes, I kind of have a secret project brewing, and with our holiday schedules becoming messier and messier, I found the perfect time to give you all a nice sneak peek, and I think it'll pair very nicely for the next episode we have planned. So instead of our normal TOA episode, we'll be doing a world building session with two of our players discussing and creating the idea of overcasting spells. Like, what happens when a wizard wants to deliver that final, bitter last word right as they die? Or when you pour way too much energy into a conjuration spell? I wonder what happens. You know, do you blow up? Do you turn into rabbits? Or, like, teleport to another place on the planet? Well, I guess we're going to work together and figure that out but uh, we'll have to wait till next week for that. Our theme song, titled A New Hero in Town, was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so check out Encomputech Music for more awesome tunes. Our ambient tracks for this episode were created by Sword Coast Soundscapes, which you'll find, as usual, linked in our episode description. You know, unless I'm on the moon or something. In which case, look up. In addition, we also use tracks from Dark Fantasy Studios. Stay safe, happy holidays, and see you soon.